Hi, my name's Shami O'Hara, and you're listening to the NL Full Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to the NL Full-Time Podcast. Uh, we've got uh, some usual suspects here for you this weekend and I'm looking at my screen and we've got a win, a draw, a loss and a, well, to be decided really in the fullness of time. Welcome to our special guest, the returning ex-Bromley manager, Neil Smith. Good morning, Smudger. Good morning. Good morning to you all. We've also got uh, Dickie Wharton. Who Good reckon morning. he might have clocked up more appearances even than me on this podcast now. Good morning, Dickie. <laughs> Good morning. Good to see you. And we've got Joe Pope uh, back with us again. Uh, was with us a few weeks ago. A fantastic uh, uh, writer of the Off The Line blog um, and a talkie fan and a very happy one. The one W we've got in the room this morning. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. Thanks for having me on again. And, I, and I'll tell you, listeners, because you won't see this, but looking at the videos... And if you, if, you, if you look at the four of us, I think you can tell Joe's the one that had a victory last night. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's crack on. Top honours, of course, at the weekend go to National League Northside Kidderminster Harriers, who didn't just go to toe-to-toe, they literally went all the way with West Ham. Um, and uh, listening to some of the post-match, uh, I think O'Connor said it was gut-wrenching. I think... Uh, Another one of the players said it's heartbreaking, but incredibly, uh, West Ham's goals came on 90-plus something and 120-plus. Jared Bowen popped in the winner. But what an occasion for Kidderminster, and they lived up to it. Dickie, I'll come to you in just a minute, but Smudger, you'd have been able to relate to, to what just what an occasion that was uh, on Saturday for Kidderminster and how well did Russ's, Russ Penn's men equip themselves against fifth, in the Premier League, 113 places above them in the pyramid. I, th- I think people are start giving you know non-league teams a bit of respect now. You know they didn't put out a weakened side. They played the, you know the, some, some really good players in that West Ham side, and for Kidderminster to take them to the wall, and yeah, it is a bit heart wrenching when you when you lose the goals when you did. You know even if you'd have taken it to penalties, and um, but uh, full credit, full credit to you know Sean Good. Credit to the Kidderminster supporters and, and players. You know, they, they just showed that these divisions now, you know, they're tough. You've got some really good players in there. And uh, hopefully now, I think people outside of the, the non-league world give these clubs and uh, these owners and the teams uh, a, bit of, a bit of respect. They deserve it. Top honours go to Stockport County. But my goodness me, only just. Um, they got the job done pretty late against Dover despite Dover having a man sent off in the 37th minute, Miles Judd. Um, and whilst it was uh, uh, three points for Stockport County, I think huge, huge kudos to uh, Dover and to their manager, Andy Hessenthaler, who Chris Pratt caught up with after the game. Andy, your boys were absolutely magnificent today. What, what did you say to him just then? Well, I just said it. Yeah, I've played a game, I've been in the game a long time and I've probably lived off the back of a career working like that week in week out um, and that's you know that epitomised me a little bit today I've got to say and I, that's why I'm so proud because they give everything to, for the for the shirt and that's the key you know we're not giving up we're going to keep fighting and uh, you know I'm, I am I, 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 I'm speechless behind because I'm, I'm filled for them in there because they put so much work in what was it 86th minute in the end um, down at 10 men against a team that 
you know, for me, will go up. They will go up. They're a massive club. They've got a good manager, got good players, and they will go up, and I wish them all the best. But, you know, it's about my team tonight, I've got to say. And I think you, you gave over 7,000 Stockport County fans a real scare then. <laughs> and I could tell you, you're enjoying it. Your, your lads were thriving in it. And, uh... I think, you know, obviously their fans were got frustrated. But if anyone thought that we were going to come to Stockport and play real open football and make it easy for them, we weren't going to do that. We was always going to come in and make it difficult for them. And, uh, you know, it was almost like an FA Cup tie for us today. And it's almost going away to a Premier League club type of thing and, and making it difficult for them. And, you know, like I say, a lot of these clubs, smaller clubs that go to a Premier League club, they're not going to come up and, and, and try and play at their own game because they'll get unstuck. And we set out on Thursday night to make it very difficult for Stockport, and we did it today. And you did it with ten men for for yeah. sixty minutes as well. And your That's thoughts, your thoughts on the Sunday? Well, I, I, for me, listen, the conditions are tricky. It was a square ball that he thought he could win. He hasn't left left the floor. He's come from a long distance. I get that, but he slid along the floor, which you know. If, if the condition weren't that pre- uh, like they were, he perhaps wouldn't have slid as far. He's caught him as a yellow card. So for me, it's not. Yeah, you know, listen, it's not. It isn't. It isn't high. It isn't two footed. You know, and uh, even their players, the fact that they can't their players they weren't sending off. But then they have one closer to the dugout of us who gets a yellow card. Who's sitting similar, not from the same distance, but it's a yellow card. So, but like I can say, I'm, I'm a proud manager, even though we haven't got the result we deserve. Um, you know, we, we've just got to keep our heads up and now prepare and, and make it, you know, go and get a win against Torquay next Saturday. Yeah, and nonetheless, it's been a good last few games for, for you as well. Yeah, and I think, do you know what, the likes of Torquay and Notts County, they might, so, you know, they'll be looking at us and going, Jesus, you know, we can't take these lightly next Saturday and, and next Tuesday, you know, because we, we, we're not going to give up, we're going to keep fighting. And that was Andy Hessenthaler, someone you know very, very well, Smudge, and uh, it's been a crazy few weeks hasn't it but my goodness me he is still getting a tune out of that side isn't he yeah you know I speak to, uh, to Hess quite a bit he was with the captain at uh, Gillingham and um, you know full credit to him he's, he's finding it tough um, he, you know we only speaking the other day and he you know going into training on a Thursday night um, trying to get his very depleted squad I think they've lost Sam Wood now as well going to Cray um, you know getting them to play at their maximum going to the top of the table away from home you know and with standing and holding out right until the 85th minute which you know full credit to, to Hess but it, it doesn't surprise me I know Hess as a person I know him as a player and uh, he's never given up on anything and the fact that he's still there and he still believes you know he can win games with you know very difficult circumstances just shows the calibre of the man well, just 12 points separate the top 10 now. And you've got to argue, haven't you, that with um, 17, 18, 19 games left, <laughs> all of those uh, top 10 teams could argue the case that they are still not just in the playoff race, but the title race. It's, it's shaping up to be the, the most fantastic promotion race for years in a league that's had some fantastic promotion races. Um, Chesterfield... Full credit to them, uh, in, you know, with all the uh, uncertainty going on with James Rowe, they scraped a win in their last match and they came from behind on Saturday uh, to beat Dagenham as well. Thanks to two Kabongo Shamanga penalties, his 22nd and 23rd goals of the season. And I guess like everybody else in media right now, we're not going to talk too much in any detail um, about... Uh, the departure of James Rowe is somebody who's been very, very engaging with this podcast over the years. He's been on two or three times. Uh, we wish him all the best. We wish Chesterfield all the best. And uh, just try and um, articulate, if you can, Neil, 
what the last week or so might have been like for Chesterfield and how uh, encouraging, how valuable the fact that they've managed to put back-to-back wins together in such uh, crazy circumstances. I think Danny Webb said it, you know, after the game on, on telly against Eastleigh last week, you know, it's it, it's everything in the newspaper other than the, the actual football side of it. And, um, you know, he's had, he's had to take over a difficult situation. The players have just got to, you know, get together, knuckle down and just worry about themselves and worry about trying to get those results across the line. And uh, as you say, in dip, difficult circumstances, I think Danny Webb's done amazing um, I think the players, you know, have, have, have obviously, you know, got themselves in a huddle and, and literally said, let's just do it for ourselves and crack on and, and you know, and, and everything else that's written about the club at the moment, you have to put it to one side. But, you know, full credit against the Dagenham side that, you know, want to be in and around that playoffs as well. It was a great result to come back from uh, being a goal behind. Now, looking at the National League table, some of that chasing pack caught up a little bit yesterday. And one of the reasons for that is the sides in third and fourth place Halifax and Bromley uh, their match was postponed and uh, Boreham Wood will be involved later today as we record this in the, the uh, FA Cup good luck to them against Bournemouth um, but just before we push on and look at uh, the team in uh, sixth place uh, Dickie just a quick little uh, soundbite from you on uh, some news out of Halifax yeah, um, obviously with the news that broke about uh, James Rose's departures on Friday, um, as football leaves things very quickly turn to the question of who might be his successor. I know that um, people on social media had, had, had been linking Pete Wilde's name with the job, but Pete Wilde put out uh, uh, or, or made a statement yesterday which seemed to me at least to distance himself from the role, said it would be disrespectful of him to go to a rival, it would be disrespectful to, of him to do that, given the backing he's been given and, and the way that the fans have supported him. So it doesn't sound like he's he's going to be um, um, interested in that role, even if, if, if Chesterfield are interested in him. Neil, as a manager, uh, an experienced manager at this level, it's a funny old situation, the management game, isn't it? Because... Um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to expect you'll want to go into detail, but I wouldn't mind betting that when you were flying high and managing a problem, you probably had interest from other clubs then um, and uh, a sort of level of interest of, of, of from other clubs that you'd probably quite like now that you're not out of a job, isn't it? It's crazy. Well, you know, when, when you're doing well, that's when clubs do are coming for you and are interested. I, I never took any calls from anybody. I never spoke to anybody because, you know, my sole focus was on Bromley at the time. Um, never never put it to anybody I want to speak to anyone I wanted to you know to, to achieve my goals with Bromley but you can get your head turned sometimes you know people will come into you and probably offer you the world um, and sometimes you're better off where you are you know he's, Pete's done a, doing a great job with Halifax and um, you know I know Chesterfield are probably with the stand at the stadium and everything else um, but you know full credit to him to, to, to diffuse it straight away because the last thing you want is your players getting, you know, a little bit jittery that you might be going, who's going to then come in. And it just, uh, it takes away from the fact that, you, you know, you're all trying to get that promotion. Solihull Moors are in sixth place in the National League. That to be content with the point at Yeovil yesterday. And, and I guess the key highlight from that match was the, the two yellows that Jordan Cranston received from the 88th minute onwards. That means that uh, he'll miss their next game. Uh, now, Wrexham sit in seventh place, but... Uh, it wasn't to be for Wrexham on Saturday, and that's where we can bring in uh, Joe Pope. Uh, Joe, 
uh, a Torquay fan, of course. Um, a fantastic result for the goals yesterday against High Fly and Wrexham. Um, tell us a little bit about the game. Yeah, so, I mean, going into the game, obviously, you have all the hype around the, the big players, the debut for O'Connor, um, who report, they reportedly paid £500,000 for. Um, obviously, Ollie Palmer up front. Um, no Mullin, obviously, up front, but they still had a very, very strong squad. And going into it, as a Torquay fan, I was, you know, a little bit shaky, a bit worried that, you know, it could be a, a, a difficult game, big following. But I, we weren't really troubled. Um, I feel for Ollie Palmer. Um, he was up front on his own and sort of the ammo for Wrexham was lumped up the middle to him and hope he does something from it. Um, but yeah, typical Gary Johnson performance. Um, he dropped Asa Hall into the back line, um, usually in midfield um, and has been getting a bit overran in recent weeks. He got dropped into the back line with his height to cope with Palmer. Uh, we had Lewis and Moxie come back in um, after COVID isolation and the three of them did superb um, at the back. Uh, Tom Lapsey came back into the midfield, um, signed from Colchester in the summer and he had a fantastic performance in there against our former player in Luke Young, um, who once again struggled on his return to play more. Um, and yeah, it was a difficult um, game for, for Rex. I mean, a difficult afternoon. Um, more reports of uh, coin throwing um, during the game from Wrexham and also um, unfortunately as I kind of expected which you shouldn't have to come to expect now um, reports of racist abuse at the the referee um, as well from the from the away following um, so yeah it was a fantastic uh, win for Torquay and a win they needed to get really um, obviously if they'd have lost they'd have been 12 points off the playoffs um, but now we're only uh, only nine points off the playoffs and there. A good, uh, a good afternoon. Um, there's signs that we're improving at the moment, uh, Torquay. Um, and I would not bet us out of the race just yet to get into that final spot, uh, spot knowing, uh, knowing a Gary Johnson side. Uh, lots of yeah. work for, for Wrexham to do, mind. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Joe. I, I, I entirely agree. If there's one team from mid-table that's going to pop up and make that race, it could well be under the... Uh, stewardship of, of Gary Johnson Torquay. There is a bit of a gap, though. Just above them, they're in 11th. Just above them are Grimsby in 10th with 42 points, five more than them. Then come Dagenham on 42 and Notts County on 42. That's really, really evened up. And it's evened up because Grimsby pulled off a fantastic win against Notts County, who lost back-to-back games now. Um, and uh, it was a late, late winner for Grimsby. Uh, I shall visit Blundell Park next weekend, so I'll report in from there. But it's uh, a bit of a resurgence, Smudger, certainly enough of a resurgence for Grimsby, who uh, who find themselves just four points off the playoffs again. And, and they could come again, couldn't they? Uh, a, a, a huge drop-off uh, for Grimsby in the last couple of months. But they signs that uh, they might have just uh, turned the ship in the right direction again. Yeah, well, this is, this is a time when you want to turn that ship around. You know, you want to have your best part now going into the end of the season. You know, obviously they lost against Bromley the other week and I think that was a, you know, a great result for Bromley. Obviously a disappointing one for Grimsby, but, you know, Grimsby, a bit like Dagenham and Redbridge, you know, they have a couple of defeats and then they get a win, which keeps them in and around it. But, you know, you need to be going into form if you're going to get into those playoffs and obviously to win it, you know, as you say, the, the, the gap's so tight from the top 12, the top 10, 
you know, and definitely those top the top seven that are in the playoffs, that any one of them put a run together and, and they could win it, let alone get in the playoffs. So it is really, really tight. And this is the time when sometimes that, that, that saying it's about the result, not the performance sometimes. And you do, you're going to have to grind it out. The weather's changing a little bit. It's a bit, you know, the blustery rain and the pitches might be a bit heavy. So grinding out those results now is really important. And that was a, a great result for Grimsby yesterday to get one over one of their um, rivals in the, in the playoff hunt. Uh, yeah, hugely tight at that end. It's not so tight at the other end. Obviously, Dover, well documented why they're adrift. But uh, the other two in the bottom three uh, met at the walks on Saturday. Uh, Kings Lynn prevailing over Weymouth by three goals to nil in the end. They unveiled three new signings as well. Um, and uh, they haven't given up the ghost just yet, Kingsley. Everybody's ready to write them off. There's still a, a fair gap between them and Wildstone, who didn't play uh, on Saturday. But goals from Malachi Linton from the penalty spot, Michael Clunan and Josh Barrett got the job done. And, uh, you know, if you're Kingsley smudger, you've got to keep believing, haven't you? And if nothing else, they've got a real in Weymouth because you just... Don't know in this league. I'll give you all the shot. What two seasons ago they fought for the last relegation place, they got it, and then obviously what happened happened with Gateshead, and and the shots kept their place in in uh, the national league, and there's still plenty to fight for for Kingsley and Weymouth. Absolutely, I spoke to Hugo Langton uh, only the other day, and they were saying how big a game this was against Weymouth, and um, you know, with Tommy going in there, with Drinkton as well, with all his experience from league football to you know the, the, the so-called non-league football. So they've got experience in there, and they have, they had done a bit of business to bring in players. You know, the chairman there is desperate to do well for Kingsley. You know, he only wants the best for Kingsley, and obviously, to stay in this division is a, is a massive massive achievement for them and that win on Saturday will only spur them on to bigger and better things you know and um, you know giving it a right good go and the thing is Maitland had a really big dip only a few weeks ago and then pulled out a couple of results and that got get, kicked them out of it and it's, it's one of those where any team down the bottom five, six, seven have only got to put a bad run together and they're then in it so Kingsley you know Weymouth obviously Dover no, no chance at all. But they'll they want to put little runs together as much as they can, just to stay in with the teams that are just above them. Two other games to look at in the National League, and they both ended in Desmonds, as I call them, two twos uh, between sides, uh, pretty much in the mid table. Really, Maidenhead probably the lower of those. Uh, Will have were on track for a victory against managersless Easty. Uh, Charlie Adams putting them ahead, but goals uh, two in seven minutes from Danny Whitehill and Ryan Hill gave Eastleigh the advantage, uh, but uh, you never write off Maidenhead, do you? Reese Smith, 87 minutes, made it to all. Smudger, we know uh, that uh, you're available for work in, in a managerial capacity, and, but I don't want to associate you with any particular jobs. Just what I would say, and I think is a fair question, Eastleigh, mid-table in the National League. Um, how attractive a proposition is that for uh, an incoming manager? I'd imagine there's been a fair amount of interest in that job because it's a good club, isn't it? And, and they have a decent squad of players. It's a great club. And, you know, when, whenever you go there, it's always a difficult game. Um, they have got some really good players there. You know, they, they hung out the other day, um, just losing right at the death. I think Jason's in there at the moment. Uh, and I think Strevan has done a, a fantastic job. You know, a young guy taking over the reins as a player manager and then obviously managing it. So 
he's, he's put the club in a good position. You know, got good people that run the club as well. It's a solid club. Got a good fan base as well. So yeah, it's a very attractive opposition um, to, to to play against and to go to. But uh, you know, who who knows? I would imagine there'll be loads of people after that because it is such a a good club to go to. Woking fans would have been forgiven for thinking for the vast majority of Saturday that they were going to come back from Old Trigham, who've been in different form themselves lately, of course, uh, with uh, with all three points. But uh, despite the early goals in the FE on, on the score sheet again for them, Ulti pulled it back and uh, Dickie, it's something they've got a bit of history with, isn't it, Ulti? The late goals, the late comebacks, and that would have been a valuable point for them because they're not safe yet. They've been dropping like a stone. Yeah, they have, Ulti, and been in a, a very poor run. I think they were they went into this game off the back of four straight defeats. So it was very much um, a needed point for Phil Parkinson's team. Ryan Colclough got both the goals. He's a really important player for Altrincham when he's on song. Um, and yeah, it just, just helps them. I would think from having been 2-0 down to getting back to 2-2 so late that that might almost feel like a bit of a victory for Altrincham um, in the way that they're going at the moment. They've been, um, I think they made an, another couple of loan signings. The, the the shuffling of the pack continues there, but uh, yeah, it yielded a result yesterday for them. Now, Aldershot Town fans will shoot me. I'm always complaining Aldershot are left until last when we do the National League round. That well, That's probably because I wanted to move on swiftly from yesterday. Look, Mark Moles, these men came up against uh, Barnet and uh, Barnet hadn't won in six. Aldershot had only lost one in 12. And yeah, you've guessed it. Aldershot just didn't turn up. They had an off day. Full credit to Dean Brennan's Barnet. Uh, very, very deserving after a high tempo start from uh, the visitors. And I caught up with a buoyant uh, Brennan, Dean Brennan after the game. Dean Brennan, uh, back to winning ways with Barnett. Uh, it's been a tough run, hasn't it? Um, but you, you got it right today. You got it right from the start and uh, you must be really pleased with your lads' work this afternoon. Yeah, look, our lads have been honest throughout the whole season and on myself. Um, delighted with the reaction we had from our, from our last couple of defeats, especially it's been a tough week for us. And uh, I thought we fully deserved that victory today. We were... Uh, I thought we should have been fuller ahead of half time, really. The game should have been put to bed by then. But, you know, um, delighted with the victory, and it's a nice feeling to win again. I, I saw your pre match, actually, and you called what Aldershot yeah. were going to do, and you were quite right. They've been doing it for a while, you know, making themselves very hard to break down and beat. And uh, But you penetrated early, two goals in the first uh, 15 minutes, and, and your game plan went to perfection. Yeah, like I say, the first goal is always going to be uh, important, especially all the shots. We're picking up a lot of results. Mark sort of changed his philosophy to the players he has, and I understand why he's done that. You know, I've tried to be I'm similar manager to Mark. I want to play on the front foot and rotations and overload the opposition. But sometimes you just got to, like, you know what I mean, respect the Stockports and the bigger sides, um, the Chesterfields, and you've got to realise they've got better resources than you, and sometimes they've got better players as well. So, um, yeah, look, I think the key today was the first goal, getting it so early. It gave us a boost. We needed a boost. We haven't had one for a while. And then we kicked on from there. Do you know what? I remember speaking to you at the Hive, and it's a bit like Groundhog Day. This was a more impressive victory today, but the two standout players for me that day were Sam Beard and Rob Hall. And they've done it again against Aldershot. They like playing against Aldershot, don't they? (laughs) The big thing with Rob Hall today, well, I think Adam Marion sort of claimed that first one from Rob Hall. But the big thing with uh, with Sam Beard today, he's had tonsillitis this week. He's an absolute warrior. I was just saying there, he's low maintenance. 
he, you know, I mean, he tells Brady to do something, he just does it. He's a, he's a mock of his father. Um, so yeah, he, he, look, he should be proud of himself because Sam this week has had tonsillitis to go out and play and put performance like that and give his all. That just shows the character he is. Great to see you. Smile on your face yeah, again. Yeah, I'm delighted. I'll be honest, I'm delighted. It's, like I say, it's been a very difficult uh, week or so. Just delighted we're back talking about football. That was Dean Brennan. We're going to take a look at the National League South now. If you see somebody showing any of the signs of a stroke, you don't have to think about it. You just dial 999. Use the fast test. F. Face. Has their face fallen on one side? Can they smile? A. Arms. Can they raise both arms and keep them there? S. Speech. Is their speech slurred? T. Time. Time to call 999 if you see any one of these signs. Act fast. Make the call. Dial 999. So it was another crazy day of results in the National League South with one particular notable double of the season. We have to start there, really. Mark White, the Dorking Wanderers manager, and they've been flying recently. I think it's 10 or 11 unbeaten. Um, he, he'd previously said that the lowest point of the season for them was when they lost at the Tunbridge Angels. Well, guess what happened on Saturday? They played at home to Tunbridge Angels and they lost again 3-1. And uh, um, all good runs must come to an end, Smudger, mustn't they? But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, that's, that, that, that's three points that uh, Mark White would have, had, uh, w- w- would have had his eye on yesterday, wouldn't he? Absolutely, you know, and um, you know, I know Mark, and he's he's very uh, ambitious. Wants to take that club into you know the top top of the non-league uh, pyramid. A free one, you know, full full credit to um, Tunbridge Angels. I know Steve McKim, I know Barry Moore as well, the, the, the management there, and that they probably would have used that as a little bit of an incentive. You know, it did hurt Dawkins to lose at Tunbridge, and they'd better use that as a little bit of an incentive. Obviously, the player getting sent off for Dawkins as well would have probably helped, but. You know, again, great result for Tunbridge. And, um, you know, I don't think it's 10 unbeaten. I think it's actually 10 wins on the spin that yeah. Dorkin have had. And that's a, yeah. in any division, is a, is a massive um, achievement. And, um, again, that division, it's a very, very tough division. You know, I went and spoke to Hack the other day at, at Maidstone. And, again, I think they're 12 games unbeaten. You know, you've got some good clubs in that division that are going to make it really, really hard. You know, again as the Conference National is really, really tight. I think the Conference South one is as well. Taking full advantage of Dawkins' slip on uh, Saturday uh, were Maidstone, who uh, got all three points against Bath City. A name I keep seeing on the score sheet, and I know that you'll know a bit about him, I'm sure, Smudger, because you're across all these divisions, aren't you? But um, Jack Barham on the score sheet again, he is quite some player that Hack's got, uh, Hackan's got at, at Maidstone, and, he, and he's been scoring quite freely lately. The other goal coming from Juan Luque, who's uh, a bit tasty on his day as well. well both players have been on loan at Bromley with myself, so I know Jack and I know uh, Luque very, very well. As I say, I went, when I went down there, you know, there's so many familiar faces that have been in and around the division, the Conference National and Conference South, so a very strong side beating Jack. You know, they've got... They've got um, Spring in the box, you know, he obviously come from Dorking, he was a great sign and he will score goals, you know, he is a poacher, um, but he, he, he works hard for the team and in Luke, you know, he's, he's he can just open up defences, you know, he can uh, glide past you, he's both feet, he's got a little bit of um, the, the Spanish style in him, should I say, you know, where he wants to run at you, but uh, you know, again, I've seen them training. I went and watched them training in Maystone. They trained very hard with Terry Harris down there. Very experienced guy. And um, they've put a good, strong squad together at the moment, Hack. And, uh, you know, I know he's just uh, 
extended his contract, and rightly so. I think most have rewarded him for his hard work. Yeah, great stuff. Great to see uh, former shot George Fowler doing well down there at Maidstone as well. Oxford City a third. They got a three 0 win at Hampton Richmond. Do you just can't uh, you just can't tell which which, which version of their side is going to turn up at the moment? Goals from Elliot Benyon, Joe Iacofono, and Harvey Bradbury all in the uh, final half an hour got the job done for Oxford City, who keep themselves in the hunt despite losing their manager recently. Um, and then we come to uh, Dartford in fourth, and they got the job done against Welling United yesterday. And if only we had somebody with us this morning that was at the game. Smudge, take us away. You were there, I understand. Yeah, I was there. I went and, I went and watched them. You know, I know Mark Goldberg, obviously the uh, owner of Welling, really well, and the King, Peter Taylor. So it was a local game. I thought I'd go and have a look. I went to Edgefleet last week, so I thought. Um, just have a look at Dartford. Good crowd, eighteen hundred people there. Um, very close game, you know. To be fair to Welling, they went two one up, and they were they were looking good. It looked good value from from the last time I'd seen the game when Dartford had beaten six 0 You know, they really improved under Peter. Um, good game, two all, really strong. And I think in the last fifteen minutes, I think uh, Dartford were able to bring on Adi Aziz, George Porter, who obviously I knew from from Bromley as well and and then in the end it was just they, they, they just got overrun well in the, the, the 4-2 and again over you know uh, sorry Dartford are back in the hunt you know they had a couple of um, dodgy results a couple of weeks ago but they just pulled it back with two wins on the on the trot so again very very tight in that division they fleet in there another big club um, and you know I think the ones that I went and watched Hampton and Richmond and like you say you don't know what team's going to pull out you know um, I saw them against um Ebbsfleet and it was a 1-0 really close game Hampton and Richmond had a really good you know couple of chances and then to get beat like they did on Saturday you wouldn't have seen it coming A couple of goals Dickie for Marcus Dinanga a striker you know well Yeah he's um, joined Dartford on loan from Altrincham which I, I believe is for the rest of the season made his debut on Tuesday evening um, got off the mark with the, the first goal and um, the final goal yesterday so he needs a spell somewhere and to be scoring goals to sort of like get himself kick-started again because you know he, he is a, a goal scorer um, there is a talent in there but it's just having a, a run of games and having a, a manager believe in him and, and two goals yesterday will will certainly keep him in, in Steve King's thoughts for their next game, which I think is very much what he needs. Joe, you kept a close eye on the uh, results in the National League South on Saturday as well. Any particular games that caught your eye? Yeah, two really. Um, Hemel Hempstead, um, they continue their sort of resurgence under Mark Jones. Um, I'm a big fan of him and they got another a key win against the Billy Ricky side that losing Jake Robinson in the summer was always going to be difficult, um, you know, to replicate his goals and they're finding it really, really tough. Um, just a, a word on Mark Jones. Um, I actually put a an article together yesterday looking at who should get the EC job and had Mark Jones on that short list of five. Um, I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I think he'd be a perfect fit for Eastley. Um, the other one is uh, Chelmsford. Um, I know Robbie Simpson very well um, and he's doing a fantastic job um, against the Dulwich side. That Although they started the season very well, they seem to have just sort of fallen off of late um, and they'll be looking to uh, to get back uh, to winning ways after yesterday um, a good bit of business for for the Clarets as well and bringing uh, Danny Imre uh, back um, he did really well for them last time and got a move to to Crystal Palace um, but didn't really break through as you'd expect um, and he rejoined him uh, yesterday and he got a, 
a debut goal and a, a man of the match performance as well. Good stuff. Ebb's fleet, uh, a little bit further down. Uh, those playoff places didn't have a game, but uh, Chippenham did, and they managed to dispatch Concord by one goal to nil. Jordan Young with the goal pretty late on, 87th minute there. Elsewhere in the National League South, Haven't and Waterlooville played at home to St Albans. Haven't and Waterlooville uh, signed on a one-month loan. Alfie Whittingham, who's been in great form at times for all the shot this season, just found himself... Uh, out of the side for a few weeks with Mo Silla and Jaden Harris in such good form. But uh, that's a really useful win, um, Joe, for um, St Albans. Uh, Sean Jeffers' goal coming just at the start of the second half and uh, they continue to challenge as well. Yeah, um, obviously, we've, given how good they are defensively, we saw last season and we've seen at times this year, if you've got a striker like Sean Jeffers up front, if you can keep it tight like they can, they're always going to be him with a chance. Um, they've got a fantastic manager there in Allenson who knows the division, very good non-league manager. And obviously, they've got a couple of games in hand, so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them come right back into the, the reckoning. As for having and Waterloo, obviously, they come into the season with high expectations and... Uh, they just haven't got going yet. Um, unfortunately, it seems like the uh, beating Torquay United was the worst thing they could have done in the uh, in the cup yeah. because uh, they've hardly done anything since. Um, so we take some credit for that. Um, but yeah, uh, a big win for St Albans, and they'll be up in the mix. Um, you can you can guarantee that. A couple of other games in the National League South. Uh, Eastbourne were. Held, useful point for Braintree, fighting at the wrong end of the, uh, of, of the National League South table. That one ended nil-nil. Uh, and one other game as well took place at uh, Slough. And uh, uh, that finished two all. But what I did want to mention, that um, it was a, a difficult and a moving day for joint manager Neil Baker on Saturday because he intended the game despite uh, the passing of his father just a couple of days before, after a long battle against cancer. Um, and a fantastic tribute was paid to his father, Keith Baker, who um, was on the front cover of the Aldershot programme yesterday. Uh, Neil, I'm not sure if you uh, you knew Keith at all, but I'm sure you know Neil. I, did, I didn't know him, obviously, personally. I think I may have even played against him very, mm. very younger days. But, um, yeah, it's, it's very tough when you're in that sort of world, the football world, when, you know, you are a manager of a club and... You know, someone that we're very dear to you, your, your father dies, and, and sometimes um, knowing the person that you are, you, 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 you take the team as the manager because that's probably what your father would have wanted. He's probably been very proud of his son, and, uh, you know, it was a big loss, you know, so close to a game. So, you know, fair play for, the, for, for his son to take the game. Oh, it's great tribute there, uh, Neil, and and thank you very much once again for joining us and for joining me in in, in commentary on a few games. It's been an absolute pleasure. The National League yeah, loss has been my game again at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and mine, Rob. Ah, fantastic. Look after yourself, Smudger. Catch up soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Now we're going to take a look at the National League North. Hi, I'm Jeff Brazier, and this is the NL Full-Time Podcast. Well, we've got our resident uh, North expert, Dickie Wharton, with us, Dickie. Uh, and we've still got Joe here as well, uh, who's uh, got some former players I know that are, that, that are playing uh, in the National League North now. Um, Dickie, top honours, I guess, have to start with the league leaders, Brackley. Um, three points clear they are with 54 points and... Uh, 
I guess they produced a Brackley Town sort of result yesterday, didn't they? Start with your clean sheet and nick one if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and following on from, I dare I say, what was a typical Brackley Town performance in midweek when they got a 1-1 draw at Chester with a 90th minute own goal <laughs> from Simon Grand. So, uh, yeah, Brackley, um, I, I was speaking to somebody in midweek who said that, you know, Brackley just know how to get the job done. They did it yesterday. Wes York's goal in the 28th minute, enough to get them a victory over Gloucester City. And that keeps Gloucester closer to the bottom than they would wish. But yeah, has Brackley um, at the top of the table? Yeah, they're on 54 points and they're most closely followed by Gateshead. And those two have got a little bit of a lead now um, over a team that we've already talked about, of course, Kidderminster, who did so well uh, in the FA Cup. And they've uh, consequently got a couple of games in hand now. But uh, let's just focus for a second on uh, on Gateshead, who had a, a tough fixture, didn't they, yesterday? Uh, or a tough fixture on Saturday, Dickie? Yeah, they did. I mean, this was the game of the day in National League North. It was um, AFC filed away to Gateshead. Filed have been struggling a bit lately, by, I say based on you know the kind of expectations that that club has. And Gateshead have been going great guns. So a 3-0 win for Filed at Gateshead um, was a bit of an up turn um, in the form book I have to say um, goalless at half time but yeah three goals in the second half from Nathan Shaw Nick Horton and Sam Osborne um, a much needed win for Fylde um, it, yes it does damage Gateshead a little bit but you know there's there's still I, I suppose all it does is it just compresses those teams at the top I mean Fylde will still feel that they they have a chance even though the automatic slot is looking just a little bit more distant than it was a couple of months ago well, you mentioned that being the game of the day. There were some crackers, wasn't there, in the north yesterday? And uh, no least, uh, Chorley's three-all draw uh, at uh, Farsley Celtic, where all the goals were done just after the hour mark. But that's the way it finished. And uh, a stifled uh, you know, result, if you like, for Chorley, who are trying to keep up uh, the pace at the top end of the division. But a, a decent point for, for Farsley, I'm sure. And then just behind them, um, Southport, who uh, were on the wrong end of a five-goal tanking from Chester who are starting to go through the gears Dickie. Yeah just a little bit I mean that the, the Farsley game I'll just mention that one the Farsley had um, new manager in place for the first time Russ Wilcox the former Scunthorpe um, and York City manager so he'll be heartened by you know certainly the spirit that the, the team displayed there in getting a point um, they led through a Jimmy Spencer goal they, they went 2-1 down Will Hayes drew them level Chorley went ahead again and then Adam Clayton restored um, the parity at three each. So they've shown a bit of fight there. Um, Chorley, maybe just a little bit of a feeling that they draw a few too many games. But I have to say, they're now on an 11-game unbeaten run in the league. Um, they went on a 10-game unbeaten run earlier in the season, lost 1-0 at Hereford, and then have just got straight back on the horse again. Um, you know, 11 games unbeaten. So Chorley... Are definitely in there. We, we ought to be talking about them more as contenders, but yeah, one or two too many draws for them lately. Um, as for Southport, I mean, this was a real uh, surprise. They lost their unbeaten run um, at Kettering in midweek, losing 2-1, a result which Liam Watson didn't have too many complaints about. I'm sure he's probably got a few more complaints after losing 5-0 at, at Chester, though. Um, Southport have um, sold their uh, centre-half Doug Tharm to Blackpool, but he's been lent back to them for the remainder of the season. But he was powerless yesterday by the sound of things. Harrison Burke gave uh, Chester a 1-0 half-time lead and then four goals in a 25-minute spell in the second half. Just completely took the game away from Southport and bumped Chester at one place to 50. Yeah, five different goal scorers yesterday for Chester. 
Uh, Joe, you've had half an eye on the division as well. I know uh, you had uh, uh, someone you know, a former uh, player uh, from your neck of the woods who was involved in that defeat of Brackley. And there was another game as well. Yeah, you had well, an eye actually, and, and another one on top of that. Um, all talky, all talky uh, connections. Uh, obviously, Lee Mansell uh, gone in at Gloucester. Um, they were you know, near the bottom uh, when he came in and they have picked up slightly. So it's good to see that um, because uh, he's very much in the start of his managerial career. Um, also, then at, at Gateshead, as we talked about, um, fantastic job that Mike Williamson is doing. Um, former talkie defender there, come through our ranks and he's uh, he's done really well this season. And then uh, Hereford and Boston between an old talkie defender um, in the Hereford dugout and an old talkie manager. Um, for Boston, um, good win for Hereford yesterday. Um, put them up a little bit. Not a great start, in truth, for for Paul Cox. Um, and it will be a tough watch, that's for sure, for for Boston fans. I'm not expecting uh, much attacking football there. Um, fantastic squad at his disposal, but uh, in terms of really pushing for promotion and and getting up, I'm not sure Paul Cox is the the man for them. Well, that's an interesting thought. Um, you can probably give your clear opinion on that. It's a little bit harder for Dickie because Dickie's involved with uh, the media side of things at Telford. And uh, one thing that even me, I'm the first to put my hand up and admit that, that the one division of the three-week cover that I know the least is the National League North. But what I did spot yesterday, Dickie, was that Telford went another game unbeaten, another game with a clean sheet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's Telford's... Um... Five games in their last six, they've picked up points now. So they are starting to move in the right direction under Paul Carden. It was a goalless draw yesterday. It wasn't the most eventful of games. The most eventful event, if you want to call it that, was um, Scott Wilson of Curzon Ashton being given a straight red card for violent conduct just on the stroke of half-time for an elbow on Jason Oswell. But um, yeah, Curzon dug in. Telford couldn't make a breakthrough in the second half. But... The positive for, for Telford is that it's seven points from the last nine. They have hauled themselves clear of last place, even though it's very close at the bottom. And yeah, three clean sheets is certainly um, much more to Paul Carden's liking than what he was seeing when he first came in. Ian Culverhouse, of course, has recently taken the reins at Kettering and things didn't quite go to plan for him on Saturday uh, against Leamington. First of all, they fell behind uh, Dan Turner goal. After just three minutes, they got level on 49 through uh, Stephen Morley's own goal. But then on the hour mark, uh, a second yellow for Connor Kennedy. And uh, I guess when you're down to 10 men for the final half an hour, ultimately, it's probably a point gained for Kettering in the end, Dickie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, funnily enough, from what, the, the, what I'm reading is, is that it, Kettering themselves aren't feeling that way, which is perhaps a measure of of, of how Ian Culverhouse has, has got them feeling at the moment, having come in, um, obviously taking the, the place of Paul Cox, who moved on to Boston. I think they felt a little bit disappointed that they didn't get maximum points on this one. But Kennedy is a big part of what they do. Um, he is quite a, a driving force in their midfield, an influential figure, and that just lacked that little bit of bite maybe in the last half hour. That, that we, if he'd been if he'd been on the field, they might have have, um, have got maximum reward there. But it's a decent point for Leamington as well. They've been on a, a poor run, so Paul Holleran, um, I would imagine, will be reasonably satisfied with the point away from home. And in the one other game, Alfreton's faint playoff hopes took a little bit of a dent <laughs> with a five nil drubbing at uh, Bradford Park Avenue and uh, Bradford Park Avenue, one of those teams people love to write off in the National League North, but they're a full nine points clear of uh, the one drop zone, uh, the, the drop zone that includes just one team this season. Uh, terrific win for Bradford Park Avenue, Dickie, five goals. 
Yeah, tremendous. I mean, you say nine points clear. They, they've won three of their last six games, which when you consider where they, they've been, you know, is it, those are the results that have helped sort of power them clear of the immediate sort of trap door at the bottom. Horrible afternoon for Billy Heath's team, by contrast. Um, Harrison Hopper, he's on loan to Bradford from York City. He gave them a lead. Um, uh, Is it Harrison or James? It says James on my end. I think it's Harrison as far as I know. So unless he's James Harrison or Harrison James, I'm not quite sure. But Uh, Maybe it's one of those middle names or he prefers not to use or something. I think it might be, yeah. But um, yes, he, um, he gave them a lead. Um, at half time, um, actually scoring in just the eighth minute. Um, Brad Doherty, he's Avenue's top scorer. He added a second on 50 minutes, and then Alfredton absolutely collapsed in the last 10 minutes. Three more goals, a Doherty penalty, Adam Novakowski, and the returning Lewis Knight scoring. Lewis Knight, he joined Notts County last season, but he's returned to Bradford on loan for the remainder of this season. A very popular figure um, at the Horsfall Stadium. And yeah, he added the fifth, Alfredton in 12th Avenue in 17th after that one. Well, a terrific roundup today, guys. Great knowledge amongst us this morning. Thank you very much to Neil uh, Smudger Smith for joining us earlier. And uh, Joe, as well, thank you. Valuable contribution from you. Uh, congratulations on the fantastic win against Wrexham. And uh, have a good week. We'll see you soon. See you later. Thanks for having me on again. Great okay. stuff. And uh, yeah, Dickie, a solid pair of hands as ever. Um, congratulations on Telford's continued fine form. It's great to see Dickie smile back the last few weeks, listeners. You don't get to see it, but I do. Um, thank you very much for joining us, uh, wherever you're listening from. Have a great week. Don't forget you can follow us on all good, uh, uh, subscribe to us, sorry, on all good podcasting platforms. Have a good footballing week and we'll speak to you very soon.